You know, when it comes to learning God's Word, I really believe there's no other place you can go to get the comfort, encouragement, the com- the consolation that we need in this wild world that we're living in. That's why God's Word is so important. We're talking about compassion and Christianity and how they really do go together. And we got a story today. I don't think there's anybody that hasn't heard the story that Jesus told. And it's important to understand the story because it's about compassion. God shows compassion to us. He expects us to be compassionate to others. Right? You've heard the story of the the good Samaritan shows us that our neighbor is anybody in need, we should help them, show them compassion. Today we're going to see a story about what I call the compassion of the loving father. The loving father. Such an important topic. And it's a story that Jesus told about a young man who got bored at home. And uh, he went out into the world and squandered all that he had. We know this story as the prodigal son. But I'm going to call it the loving father. And you'll see why today. Why did Jesus tell this story? I believe when Jesus told the story, it wasn't to highlight the son and his antics, but it was to highlight the father and the compassion, demonstrating that God has this very same kind of compassion for people. Here it comes now. Even those who ruin their lives. Did you know that? God has compassion for people, even those who ruin their lives. And studying the stories that Jesus told, it's always good to know what prompted the story. And here's why he told the story. He's defending his actions and receiving sinners at the Pharisees' dismay. They're like, why are you around those people? Don't you know they're sinners? And Jesus was attracting tax collectors, sinners, people to himself. They saw something in him that gave them hope. So in Luke 15, Jesus told actually three stories about things that were lost. He told the story about the lost sheep. He told the story about the lost coin. And he told the story about the lost son. And when each story was finished and each item was found, there was great rejoicing. You know that? There was a celebration. And we'll see why today. So we're going to talk about the story of the lost son, which I really call the loving father. And we pick it up in Luke 15, verse 11. And Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Now, The share of the estate, this means his inheritance. 
The eldest son got two-thirds, the youngest son got one-third. So this youngest son, he got one-third of the estate, his inheritance. In verse 13, oh, not many days later, the youngest son gathered everything together, he packed his bags, and he went on a journey into a distant country. Oh, what's the significance of the distant country? He went far from home. You know what home was? Home was the place of conviction. He wanted to get away from the place of conviction because he had other ideas on how he was going to live. Let me tell you something. The safest place to be is in the place of conviction. That's a very safe place. When you hang out with serious followers of Christ, you will live a Christ-centered life. That's the value of Hebrews 10.25. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. No, we need each other. Okay? But if you get around lukewarm people or carnal people, you know what? That's the life you're going to live. Birds of a feather do flock together. You know what I say? If you want to fly with the eagles, you can't run with the turkeys. So the best way to overcome bad behavior is to get around people who have good behavior. You know, if there's something you want to change about your life, there's something in your life that you don't like, get around people who don't do that. You want to quit smoking? Get around people who don't smoke. You want to quit cursing? Get around people who don't curse. Want to quit drinking? Get around people who don't drink. Put yourself in a different place. And you'll see that, oh, the opportunities to do those things, they're not there anymore. And you begin to change. But not this guy. No, this young son, he wanted his independence. He wanted to get away from the place of conviction, the place of doing right. He wanted his independence, oh, not by working for it, but by use of a gift. In other words, his inheritance. He wanted free money. He didn't even want to wait for his father to die. He wanted it now. He didn't seem to be much of a worker. Because when he went out, when he got out into the uh, distant country, he just went on a spending spree. And it tells us when he got there, he squandered his estate, uh uh-oh, with loose living. You know the word squandered? It's a used word. It's a word used of winnowing or scattering. You know, when you scatter the seed, or when you when you scatter the seed in the spring to plant it, you throw it, you squander it. And then in the fall, when you gather it in, you get the grain, and you crush the grain, and you winnow it with like a pitchfork, and you throw it up. And the wind takes away the chaff and the seed falls. It's, it's a, it's just a scattering. That's what this guy did. He, he kind of spent his money without thinking. And I want you to notice the divine timing of God. Because in verse 14, when he has spent everything, oh, now he's out of money. Then a severe famine occurred in that country. And he began to be impoverished. (laughs) Isn't that divine timing? While he had money, there was no famine. He would have been a hero. But when his money ran out, 
Then the famine came. He wasn't a hero. Question. What got him to this place? How did he get to a place in life like this? Did you ever look at your life when it wasn't going so well and ask, How did I get here? How did I get to this place? How did I get to this place in life where I don't want to be? Maybe I'm in jail. Maybe I'm in divorce court. Maybe I'm in the unemployment line. Maybe I'm, who knows? How did I get to this place? Well, sometimes things just happen to us, but other times, like the prodigal son, it's choices. Perhaps the same way the prodigal son got to his place, he, he there were certain steps that he took that got him there. I'm going to give them to you. Number one, step one, a desire to be his own master, independence. I don't want to be accountable. I don't like rules. I'm going to do it my way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. So that's the first step. Secondly, he moved away from the place of conviction. I'm going to, I'm going to get away from good people and I'm going to go hang out with bad people. They seem to be having more fun. Remember that Billy Joel song? He'd rather, he'd rather dance with the sinners than cry with the saints, something like that. How's that song go? Dance with the sinners and cry with the saints. I don't know. Okay. Maybe dance it for a while, Billy, but not forever. Hmm. So he got away from the place of conviction. That's what happens. You, you get away from the healthy, wholesome place. You get away from the family. And then thirdly, he carried out his fleshly desires, loose living. He just, you know, he had a life of no restraint. Let me tell you something. We need restraint. Without restraint, we're on the road to self-destruction. And that's where he was. So finally, at the end of this journey, you know what happened? He had to get a job. No money. No friends. No home. No nothing. It's all gone. Now he's got to get a job. Verse 15. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him into the fields. What? To feed the pigs. <laughs> now, it's funny in a way. If you know the background to the story, it's funny. Because this is step four. Humiliation. Feeding swine was taboo for a Jewish boy. Because pork was forbidden by God for the Jews. That was off the menu. So here's a little Jewish boy working in the pig pens where he could have been working on the farm with his dad, with the sheep and the goats and the donkeys and the oxen. Nope, now he's in the pig pen with the pigs. One writer said, such a merry life is sure to be short. Oh, how true that is. The pleasures of sin are always, get this now, short-lived. Oh, yeah, they are. Short-lived, and it comes at a high price. But people are dumb, and they don't see it that way until it's sometimes too late. The godless world is a hard master, and the unclean animals are fit companions. So this guy was in good company. 
He is in good company with the pigs because he made himself lower than them. He really did. As a, as a, as a man that had a godly inheritance, he made himself lower than the pigs. You know, life in a far country is a dangerous way to live. You don't want to live away from conviction. You don't want to live away from what's good. You don't want to live away from godliness. I'll tell you, you're really going to crash and burn. That's it. That's the only result. So verse 16, now he's thinking, hmm. He would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods. The pods are like the husk of the corn that he was feeding the pigs. He'd eat the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything to eat. (laughs) The pigs weren't sharing their food. You know why? Because they're pigs. (laughs) That's why. Pigs don't share. He's looking at the pigs and going, man, these guys are eating. And I'm hungry. Something's not right. This is not right. They're eating. I'm hungry. Huh. But he would eat the pods. He would eat the pig food if he had a chance. Imagine being in such need that anything will do. Wow. Try to remember that. Try to try to remember that when considering relationships. Let me talk to the ladies for a minute. Ladies, yes. You may be lonely and you may be bored, but please don't think that you are that needy that you settle for anything. There's nothing nutritious nutritious about husks. And some guys They're only husks. (laughs) They are. (laughs) If you think it was bad when you were lonely, it'll only get worse. Find a man who is serious about God. Qualification number one. Where are you with my Lord? And if they're not there, see you later. Because nobody's that lonely. Believe me, you're not that lonely. So now we have a turn in the story. Verse 17. But when he came to his senses. Other translations say when he came to himself. Okay. See, he must have been out of his senses in order to come to his senses. And I'd say, yes, he was. Oh, yeah. He was out of his senses when he left home, when he asked his father, for the inheritance. He was out of his senses when he left the place of conviction where things were good and things were right. See, when you stop walking with God, you're not really yourself because you were made to walk with Him. Isn't that something? We were all made to walk with God. And when we don't walk with Him, we're not living in what we were made for. So notice how his thinking changed. He said, hmm. He's probably talking to the pigs. And he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread to eat? And I'm dying here with hungers. And you know what the pigs said? Nothing. They just kept eating. He said, I'm going to get up and go to my father. 
And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy even to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. That's good enough for me. I'll sleep in the bunkhouse. At least I'll get three meals a day. I'll have a job. I'll be around good people. I'll do that. You see, in coming to his senses, he didn't delay his intentions. It's one thing to say, this is what I'm going to do, but then sometimes you never get around to do it. But he did it. I give him credit. Yes, he made a series of dumb decisions, but I give him credit. When he hit rock bottom, he said, that's it. Enough is enough. I'm going home. He not only thought it in his mind, but he actually carried it out. So in verse 20, he got up and he came to his father. Now, enter the loving father. While he was still a long way off, here he comes, walking over the horizon. His father saw him and he felt compassion for him. Wow. Wow. He felt compassion for his son. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. You know, he didn't wait for the son to get to the house and knock on the door. He didn't send a messenger on ahead to bring the son in. No, while the son was a long way off. See, I think when the son walked out, the father's heart went with him. Perhaps he no longer looked at the crops and the livestock like he used to. But now he just sat by the window, longing for his son. And the son came and said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Now here's the climax to the story. Because you see, A son's love may die for his father, but a father's love will never die for his son. Sons, you need to remember that. Hey, there might be a time in your life, you know what? You don't love your father, but I'm going to tell you something. Your father will always love you. So in verse 22, the father, he said to the slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. The robe stands for honor. And put a ring on his hand. The ring stands for authority. The ring was like a credit card. And he could buy things and stamp it with the ring. Stamp the bill, knowing it would be paid. And put sandals on his feet. The sandals are only for a son. Many slaves were barefoot. But they gave him shoes. You know, there's an old black spiritual entitled, All God's Children Got Shoes. So probably looking to the days of heaven when they would be free and they get shoes in heaven. So the son came in, they welcomed him. They gave him a robe, a ring, shoes, and then they had a barbecue. And he said, bring the fattened calf. That's the one they save for a special occasion. And kill it and let us eat and celebrate. 
Oh, for this son of mine? He was dead. Oh, he was dead to me. But now he's come to life again. See, to the father, his son had died. When he walked out that day, it's like he was dead and the father's heart died. But now it came back to life. The heart came back to life. The father said, oh, he was lost. And now he's been found. And they began to celebrate. Jesus told this beautiful story to get people to understand our heavenly Father's love for us. He told three stories about lost things. And, you know, they all have a different meaning. The sheep, why was that sheep lost? Through sheer foolishness. The sheep just wandered away, daydreaming, not paying attention, and before you knew it, he's gone from the flock. The coin, the lost coin that he talked about, no, lost through no fault of its own. It just fell out. The son deliberately went away. He thought he would find a better life in the world, a better life apart from his family and from people who loved him. And yet, each one that was found had a celebration. Why? What's the whole point? God's love is a compassionate love. See, it doesn't matter why we're lost. God comes looking for us. And there's great joy in heaven when we're found. No one needs to live in self-condemnation. No, God is waiting to welcome you back. Every believer in Jesus Christ is a child of God. Everyone. And if not, if you're not a child of God, you're lost and dressed in rags. But let's say you fall away. Let's say you have an attitude like the prodigal son. Oh man, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of walking the line. I'm tired of church. I'm tired of having to all this rules and accountability. I'm going out where it's fun. Let's say you did that. And let's say it didn't work out that well. And uh, it backfired. Made some bad choices. You know, if you come back, you know what God's got for you? He's got a robe of honor. He's got a ring of authority. He's got shoes for you. That'll make you free. Why? Because all God's children got shoes. Jesus wants these Pharisees to understand. God cares for those who are lost. Whether they're not saved or whether they're saved and they've fallen away. Heaven is wide open. Oh, it's wide open to all people. And that's what the world needs to know. You know, how many people in the world, maybe people we know think, oh no, man, I crossed the line. I blew it. I'm not worthy. God can't accept me. And they live in defeat. They live in defeat with no hope, thinking it's impossible for them to have a future with God. That's really what they think. And see, they don't understand. Oh, wait, the good news of the gospel of Christ. The good news. 
all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. All of you, come. Let us sit down and reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. God is in the business of restoring lives and restoring hearts. You can't get farther enough away from God that he will not receive you back. He will receive you back. And that's why these people that lived in the days of Jesus, the sinners and the tax collectors and the immoral people, you know what they found in Christ? They found hope. They found a glimmer of light that maybe God will not condemn them for their bad, dumb choices for their misdirected lives. And God will not condemn them if they would just come to Jesus. And that's for everybody, wherever you are today, whatever you've done, you can be restored back to God. You know what you do? You come to Jesus. That's it. Because he is the great restorer. That's what he does. Oh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Let's celebrate. There's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. Didn't Jesus say that? He says, oh yes, let let heaven be happy and come back to God. Oh, I wish more people understood that. It would change everything. I hope you understand it. If you're listening today, understand it. God is waiting to welcome you back. There's nothing stopping him, your own free will to come back. Is all he's looking for. Hey, have you joined the Hope Club yet? Come on now, you can get a devotional every day. Go to newhoperadio.live, click on the menu bar, fill out the info, you'll get a daily devotional Monday through Friday in your email box, and you support us for $3 a week. Not a bad deal. I hope you'll do that. We can all grow together. I hope this was meaningful for you today. Thank you for coming along, and we'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.